So you don't even have questions ready? What do you mean? You don't have questions ready. I can just talk to him. Wait, what are you going to talk to him about? I'm going to punch you in the head. Oh. You, Hello. You never have questions ready for anybody. I always got questions ready. They just come off the hip. But hello. Okay, everything I'm going to do, you ninny. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 113, Menace and the Man, Stan the Man, Dennis the Menace Bermudez. Yeah, motherfucking crush your ass. You're going to do what? You know what? I'm going to start going, I'm going to start being mean again, making fun of you. When did you ever stop? I feel like, I don't know, the last 20 episodes I've been pretty, look at you, you little fucking girly ass hair. You're like a fucking, you probably drink a latte, huh? No. People compliment me on my man bun, and I'm like, all you need is like glasses to be hanging out at Starbucks. I mean, it's it's about ready to be cut at this point. I'm just I'm just messing with you. Don't cut it. No, I gotta cut it because you're making. You're You're supposed to donate it to charity. It's ready to be donated at this point. I don't think it is. You don't think it is? I think you save way more lives. It's it's longer than you think it is. But it's good to see you. I didn't. Uh, we missed last week's episode. We did not recap UFC 261. Your boy Marty. Yeah, you fucking. You're oh, out. Doe dicking around, sleeping. I might have been doe dicking around. What's his name? <laughs> and he was on top. Who was on bottom? Are you a power bottom? Um. Yeah, I go both ways. You know, I go all over the place. <laughs> okay. But your boy, your boy Marty. Yeah, it looked sick, dude. Uh, it was, you know, on the short notice. You know, I broke your nose. Get, give me a full camp. What are you gonna do? Hump me against the, the side of the cage? You know, hump my leg. He was like, Nah, I got something for you. I'll give you a couple of these. So one thing that. It happened with Eddie Alvarez, too. Like, you know, we're Henry Hoof guys, but everyone's like, oh my God, this fucking guy, Trevor Whitman, look what he did with Kamara Usman. Duh. You know what I mean? Like, eh. right. Yeah. I think it has to do with comfort in the, you know. I'm sure Trevor Whitman changed some things and helped him, and maybe, you know, but. To say like that he fucking did that, you know, that's that's I think a lot of that is Henry Hoof's handiwork. Well, I think uh well Henry Hoof took Kamaro from only knowing how to wrestle. Yeah. To, you know, being able to do literally <laughs> from nothing to something. Yeah. What's up guys? Hey, what's going on, Misha? Misha. That's what your name is. Is that how it came up? Yeah. She was on last. It's all good. But we got longtime friend, old manager. I'd still manager. I'd call everybody my manager. Uh, Dr. Ron Carson. Yeah. What's going on, big dog? How much? Nice to see you. We were just talking about uh, Kamara. Kamara Usman? It's a really funny story, this little connection here, isn't it? I mean, who would have thought that that guy who walked you out 
who knew nothing would go on to become one of the greatest ever. It's a fascinating story. Yeah, I'm still, I know he was like, like, uh, like a strong-willed individual and, and like focused and stuff like that, you know, the, with the wrestling mentality. But, and I still don't think he's more mentally capable than me. It just, I just think he has better tools, right? Well, take a look at him. Yeah. He, he's pulling yeah. from a different genetic pool than than I am, at least. But hey, that's hard to say with you though. You were you were ranked what five, four, six? I think five or six. And once you get to that level, there's an element of timing, and there's an element of is someone a little bit better in this one area? It's kind of hard to say, you know. Yeah, but if you could create a fighter, you know what I mean? Like draw him out to and just. Everything's equal. I feel like someone with longer limbs just does better. But can you put all that together, right? There's guys with long limbs who are a little bit gangly and can't grapple well. I think what's right. unique about him is that he's incredibly physically strong, which goes, I mean, people like to say strength doesn't matter, but boy, it, it sure goes a long yeah. way. He's super strong. He's got a gas tank, which is very odd. You know, for someone that explosiveness and, and yeah. that type of physique. So he's got a gas tank and it's really strong. And he competes well. But I think more important than anything, I've seen a lot of great, talented athletes come through. What's different about him is that he's managed the everything else that comes along with his position. And yeah. that's what kills everybody. There's a lot of talented guys. I could tell you guys as talented as um, Kamaru is, but you'll never know their name because they couldn't handle any of the other stuff about it. He's just that one case that said, I'm willing to do the work. I have all the genetic potential in me. I got the work ethic. I got the coaching. I'm here at the right time with the right opportunity. And I don't throw it away when I get a whole bunch of good stuff coming into my life. That's yeah. his secret sauce. It's everything. It's not, it's not the one thing. Oh, you're longer or you're strong. It's not that it's this weird, complete package that, you, you can connect the dots looking backwards, but you could never just say, oh, this guy could do it. Because I've seen realistically 10 of those guys, and he's the one who made it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, wasn't it a great moment with him putting the belt on his dad? Yeah. Hey, what's, I, I read a little bit of the backstory of that. His father went to, like, was in prison for some time? I, I don't know the whole story, and I've actually never had a discussion um, with Kamara about it. So I only know kind of that other step. I think his dad went away to prison for much longer than he should have, if he should have been there at all. But this moment, like as a father, son, the pride that they both must have felt in that moment to win this championship, to have your dad there, who's been in this unfair situation, locked up and away from everything to have that moment. To me, that was the highlight of the night. So one thing I read was in the jail he was in, all of Carmaru's fights, and it didn't matter, like, white, black, Mexican, like, everybody came together in this jail and were like, come on, like, Team Kamaru, and, like, everybody was, like, united for this, like, one night that every time he fought. So, in this write-up, it said that Kamaru had asked, because I think maybe Jorge had said something about, like, yo, you're, uh, you're, like, a fight card specialist, like, you'll never be on pay-per-view, or somebody said that to him. It's not because he didn't want to. It's because he had asked the UFC to put him on televised fights so his father could watch. 
It makes the story even better, right? Until he was fighting on pay-per-view, like the main for a title, don't put me on pay-per-view. Well, that was Colby would say stick to basic cable. And then it's it's also Colby for me who shed light on that his dad was in prison. Like, I don't right. think the UFC talked about that until... No, they, they did. They actually produced a piece on Fight Pass. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's kind of this... I, I, I watched the piece. It's really well done, and he and Kamara tells this really uh, compelling story about the struggle that his family's had to go through through the separation. But uh, they, he's talked about it, and it's... Go on UFC Fight Pass now. You'll be able to watch it. It's really but, interesting. But after he became champion, they started touching on it, Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think they like coming up. I remember the first time I heard about it was from yeah. Colby saying something about it. Yeah, and I think yeah, we never spoke about it on the Ultimate Fight. I didn't even know I didn't even know it was a thing. Well, hang on. When I saw him like coming up through the ranks, he started like talking like you know uh, like Nigerian. I'm like, he, I feel like he's like faking it because he didn't show. Uh, like we were with him for six weeks straight. He didn't say one like yeah, man, I don't know. He didn't say anything that was like I thought he was just like strictly American. Yeah, but, but think about that. It, would it have been appropriate in that circumstance? You know, he did a really great job of, and I, I think that you know Marty's still that same guy today, right? He did a great job of here's my role here. Here's what I'm here to do. Here's who I'm here to help. I'm not sure that would have ever came out at that point. And I think also. Well, what I'm saying is even, like, kidding around with the guys, like, off the camera. Yeah. Like, I didn't even hear. Like, you know, like, people have little things they do that doesn't matter who they're talking to. They just, they can't help it. It comes out as, like, a characteristic of that. Think about what a part his culture, his, his parents were born there. He was born there. You know, to detach yourself from that culture. You know, we knew him for a six-week period yeah. ten years ago. He's just finished college. You know, your identity changes. You grow into a man, and you have kids, and you go through these life experiences. That if you're the champ or an up-and-coming guy or not, we're all going to have them, right? We're all yeah. going to have these issues and problems that come up. And this is how he chose to kind of say, "Here's here's who I really am. Let me give all of myself to this world." I thought it was brilliant. I love when he dresses in that traditional gear and he speaks the language. I think it's powerful. I think it's differentiating. I think it's part of who he is. It's authentic. It feels right to me. And not only like the the brand and audience. I've, I'm sure all of Africa is like we're team. You imagine, you imagine those guys in Africa, the three of them. Boy, yeah. those three amigos are <laughs> don't try to steal their lunch money, right? Yeah. Remarkable group right there. I think yeah. I think when Nganu fought, they showed a video of like the village of Africa or Cameroon all sitting and watching his fight and they all went nuts. It's like a soccer game. You know, when these guys fight back in Africa. Yeah. Uh, it's just a whole different it's an experience that we probably can't even wrap our heads around, having never been there or grew up in that type of environment. It's just a real it's a real American success story in the truest sense, right? Yeah. But I'm so like naive, like in my head, Africa doesn't even have like internet or TV or like, you know, like, like they know, I guess, because, you know, through letters and such, but. And then even like Doc was saying too, I think the hardest thing that I've seen always through the course of time and fighting is it's very hard to stay champion. Like yeah. a lot of shit gets thrown at you. 50- well, 20 interviews a day. 
come with us over here. Everything's paid for. Girls, cars, you know, it's just like, I'd probably be like, oh, I got to like, be in training early, so I can't. Yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, self-sabotage is a real thing. People no. just are, are going to find a way to destroy what they've built. And that's not just in the fight game. You take something as extreme as professional sports and then the most extreme of professional sports, right, which would be MMA, holding your stuff together over an extended period of time is very difficult. Because yeah. at least, like, in other sports, there's a season, you know? Like, hey, I have to buckle down from July. Like, let's say t- football. I have to buckle down from July till, what, March. Yeah. And then I can let loose for – a couple months and then reset and then get back after it, you know, if, you know, I wanted to, you know. Well, there's also someone preparing everything for you, right? In many ways, if you're an MMA fighter, you're an entrepreneur, right? And the yeah. business is you. Now I have to find a way to grow this business and get the skills I need and get the exposure and marketing I need to be able to go sell myself. So it's very different in other sports in that sense too, right? It's personal. It's your brand. That's why go back to um, Kamara, you know, dressing in African garb or speaking his native tongue. It becomes more important because it's this differentiator between him and everybody else. Give me a reason to care one way or the other, right? I don't like it or I love it. I'm going to cheer or boo, but as long as there's an emotion behind it, that's the whole goal. Yeah. And then speaking of – Kamara, I just after he did that to him, I, the the only person that has a chance, I think, is Colby can come in with a different angle and maybe have a chance. Well, wait, menace. But other than that, the way you said too last episode, you said you know if he keeps losing or if he loses to Usman, how much longer can the UFC portray him as this like badass you know drug dealer from Miami you know gangster? They still could do it with the way Masvidal handled the loss. Yeah, he immediately was like, "Man, I'm a fan of the way he did that. Like, that was good. That was some good shit. You know, I like what he did there." Yeah, it's very similar to how Ben Askren handed, uh, handled his loss to uh, Masvidal, right? Yeah. Hey, this is what happened? Yeah, I, I got knocked down. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> kind of when you own it, it takes the power away from everybody else. That is, if if a world where Colby beats Usman, Masvidal's probably getting a shot. No matter what happened in his last he, fight. Is he? If he wins his next fight, yeah. And a new champion. He if right now he's No, they got Nate Diaz and, and uh Leon. You're telling me yeah. they wouldn't cut Leon Edwards? They wouldn't be like, You you're gonna get your shot, Leon, but Jorge, you know, he's gonna get this one first. Well, beating uh Nate Diaz gives you this like stardom then. I, I mean, almost like beating Connor or even going against Connor, you know? So they just did that to Colby, though, too. They were like, Colby, you might be number one contender, but we're going to run this back with Masvidal real quick because it's going to make a little bit more money. Well, Doc used to tell me all the time after a fight, like, yo, make sure you have your next guy lined up. And we would talk about opponents of that, like, here's what you're going to say. And because that can dictate your next fight. Like, oh, and- you have this window, right? You have this teeny window. Like by Tuesday, you fight on Saturday night. By Tuesday, it's over. We've moved on to the next week. Sometimes you can get it extended. I mean, Jake Paul did a fantastic job of getting us to talk about him for a couple weeks after. But in general, like who won three weeks ago on Saturday night? 
right. for the co-main event. Who won fight of the night? No idea. No one else does either. Do so you have this short little window that, that spotlights on you, make some noise, tell everyone what you're going to do next, get behind me or boo against me. It doesn't really matter. And then there you go. But so many people miss that opportunity. I don't I think know. a lot of guys, I don't, I don't, I don't, well, I think a lot of fighters, it's going to sound like ironic or non-confrontational. So calling somebody out is kind of like, what, dude? Like, you know? Yeah, but that's, that's the business. <laughs> that's the business. I know. I know. I used I, to have, I like, I mean. This guy was, I talked to this guy. He was an NCAA champion. Told me that he couldn't fight because he was too nice. I said, you were an NCAA champion? He goes, yeah. I said, Ch- I got news for you. You're not that nice. <laughs> and he laughed, right? This is the game. This is combat sports, but dominating someone else. If you're afraid to call out and pick a fight, I don't know. I don't want to say you're in the wrong business, but maybe you should reevaluate your approach. Well, like, especially in wrestling, you don't call anybody out. You just beat the guy, and you go, you know you're going against that guy because those are brackets. Well, that's you know? the difference, right? It's all bracketed. It doesn't matter. If you and I both show up, maybe we'll meet, maybe we won't. Right. But no one – you don't call anyone out, but this is different. There's an entertainment – oh, here's another reason. That's why at a, at a wrestling event, there's 200 people in the seats, and they're all related to the guys grappling. There's no wrestling fans out there. But so here, Menace, you said probably Colby next. That's the logical opponent. But Usman came out and said he wants to fight immediately. He'll fight in July – they're talking about Michael Chiesa. They're talking about skipping Colby again and giving Michael Chiesa a title shot. What did Colby must have done something or said no to something? No, it's Ali and Usman are saying no to Colby. Dana White came out and said Colby's next. That was a very tough, gritty fight between Thank you. Usman and Colby. That was... Oh my God! For that win, for sure. That, that fight was a scrap. Yeah, like, it was as good as the fight gets. Yeah. yeah. Even well, the- here's the question with the UFC, though. So, do you want to book a Colby Usman is guaranteed to be fireworks? Do you hold that and kick that can down the road six months, or do you t- take something while the opportunity's here? Things change very fast in the sport. I mean, right. if Usman wins a, another one, he, they, they can just push him to he's even the greatest, even more. And then, then when him and Kobe fight, they can get that much more out of it. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. I just think it's probably, I would imagine that they would go for which fight they're going to think is the biggest. There's, I just, I, I saw it on Instagram and I was like, really, Kiesa? How, you know, sure is that? And then I just Googled Michael Kiesa and that's what's coming up. Is that Ali and Usman are talking about Kiesa? Kiesa's probably on a four-fight win streak, I would imagine. Kiesa's right there. Yeah, absolutely. And they haven't fought before. I mean, Marty's in that one situation where he's got to fight guys again. I think Kiesa and Wonder Boy are the only two in the top, like, eight that he hasn't fought. I Listen, I love Michael Kiesa, but I feel like Wonder Boy makes a little more sense. Well, Wonder Boy is fighting Gilbert. That's right. So okay. I mean, if if Wonder well, in terms of, and that's another thing when when we got to the higher rankings, the the dances had to make sense. Yeah, right you now. Change quick too, right? I mean, who knows? Are we going to be talking about Chimaev at the end of the year? 
Mm. How did he recover from COVID? Is he going to do well at 170? He's only had white, one fight down there. I mean, it's easy to project in the future and what we thought, but who thought we'd be talking about Yuri, Jerry, what's his name? Prohaska? Oh, yeah, that's right. Poof. That guy's a killer. Yeah, so I'm, I, that's why I, that was the question, right? Do, do you take guaranteed fireworks today? Because you don't know what's going to happen. Who's going to tear an ACL in training or what fight's going to fall? You just don't know. So I think I, I love um, those guys steering the direction of what's next, but the UFC, who's going to write the checks, is going to look and go, we need to bring as much money as possible. I don't know if they prioritize that, but I would think that they make the big fights when they can make them. Yeah, got to take those opportunities in the sport because things change so quick. I mean, Dominic Reyes, that happened to him. Man, you just don't know. Yeah. Which and then I didn't even know that guy was an assassin. Then I saw his stats after he beat Dom Reyes. I was like, what? This guy's won twenty eight fights, twenty five by knockout. How did I not know about this? And he's won like I think twelve or thirteen in a row, something crazy. Grant did not in the UFC, but he has some names on his resume outside of the UFC. And then Vulcan. He's got a, I think he beat CB Dalloway. He fought Mo, King Mo twice. They split uh, They split those. Both were finishes. And then no matter what your record is, if all of a sudden you come into the UFC and you finish Ozdemir and then you finish Dominic Reyes, you're – are you getting a title? Especially in that division, right? And if, if that had happened at your weight, Dan, it's 145 pounds, we wouldn't be talking about him right now. The division is too deep. Yes. Any of those lower weights, 35, 450, even 70. It's just you're not going to go beat one or two guys and all of a sudden be ranked number two and be staring at a title shot. Well, Dennis texted me after the fight. Dennis texted me title shot with a question mark, and I was like, yeah, probably. There's not much. Who else is there, right? I mean, who, who's exciting at 205 pounds? That we want to see go at it. Yeah, they that, just moved Adesanya up for it, so that's over. Where do you go now? This is an exciting guy. The whole division changed on Saturday night. Super exciting. Yeah. And then John, you know, tweeted him like, "Hey, I'll see you soon." And they're like, "Okay." Don't, like, yeah. Usually, when the champion calls someone out, especially like this, and I thought the UFC announced during his post-fight interview that he was going to fight for the belt, but maybe I'm remembering wrong. Well, I think I maybe he's the backup for Glover. I think Glover has the next title shot. No, I mean after Glover. I'm sorry. Yeah, after Glover, he earned it with those two wins. Dom Reyes and Ozdemir. He so he didn't TKO either one of them. He knocked both of them dead. Like get, yeah, well get, said. Yeah, like get the medic in. Like there was no controversy, no nothing. Both of them were not moving. Yeah, that guy's amazing, and I like his whole. I like his hairdo. I like his shtick. I like the Bushido. You know, that he wears it well. I think it can work for him. And then, yeah. what, again, being naive, what's he like, Muslim or what? No, he's, um, I don't believe he's Muslim, but he just kind of has this, you know, honorable warrior thing going. Oh, what am I thinking? Or like a monk? No, he's from like somewhere in uh, Russia. He's or from Czechoslovakia, I think. Yeah. He's from Europe. No, but he's kind of just took on this thing like, hey, I'm going to be this noble warrior who's going to go test myself at the highest level, and what happens, I'm going to remain right here. You know? Yeah. I like it. That works. He is from Chechnya. No, Czechoslovakia. Hey, you idiot. Oh, well, well, no, well it says Czech, yeah, Czech Republic. All right, so yeah, I was close. But yeah, 28 and 3, 25 knockouts. A lot of fights. 
Yeah, I'm sold. And he has a Muay Thai background too. So who knows how many kickboxing fights he has. Yeah. It's kind of like Giga who won in the co-main event. He's got probably 25 or 30 kickboxing fights. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, is that it for my guy? Uh, Cub? Cub? Yeah. I don't think so. There's a, there's a new sheriff in town. I mean, Giga's won a bunch of fights in a row. He's someone that no one can pronounce his name, but it's kind of getting hard to deny. Yeah. They're going finishing guys like that and doing well at 145 pounds. How tall is that guy? Six feet. Yikes. I hate him. have that reach. He's not afraid to fight. He's battle-tested just from training with uh, Rafael Cordero at Kings. That, that guy's exciting. He could really do some stuff. I and then I saw something about uh, Zabit might be walking away from the game or something like that. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it. I yeah. see like little thing. I don't read into him. Like, oh, yeah, okay. they're they're not like disclosing, and I haven't heard what's wrong with him. But something's going on with Zabit that they think he might retire. Oh man, hope he's okay. Yeah. Love watching him fight. But yes, menace. I know something that you did want to talk to Doc about was. We hate to talk about it, but Jake Paul. And how we love to talk about Jake Paul. Well, you know, we try it's like you said, we just constantly he, he became a topic of conversation in the MMA world and the fight world. And it's and it's like this fucking guy is three and up. So yeah, so and I think I texted you right after it happened. I was like, Doc, we gotta have you on the show. You gotta tell me what happened here. What happened in the fight or what happened marketing wise? I don't know. Like uh no, not I know exactly what happened. Wait, Doc too. Everyone. We talked to Vicente Luque about it, and I'm sure everyone. Menace had the same thing. Menace lost some money on it. I lost some money on it. Like everyone had the same thing. Like what the fuck just happened, Ben? Like what are you talking about? Ben, what? (laughs) What like when he was like when they announced it, I told Shale, because Shale thought for sure that uh, Ben was going to, I said, Ben is going to get knocked out. That was my, I saw one sparring session. Those guys have been, those two brothers have been boxing for three years, but they're tough guys, right? They wrestled. I think the older one was a pretty good high school wrestler. He, 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 like right, a, he, he, he placed in California, yeah, like a, Ohio, right? Ohio, like yeah. a really good wrestler. Yeah. They train really hard. If you just do nothing, if you're rich and you're 20 years old and box for three years until you're 23, it's not that hard to go. This guy could do okay. He, he's sparring with good guys, and he, he's got a head for competition. He dealt with that a lot of pressure on him, right? He went and finished with. He's got power in his hands. The power guys, you find out right away. People knew Dan Henderson had power on day one. You, know, you don't wait to find this out. So if he's a guy who naturally hits hard, he's young and wants to compete. Grew up an athlete. Ben's 36 coming off hip surgery and never boxed in an MMA fight. Not hard to put this together. And he's got a huge fan base that love to hate him. in my head and stand like, I thought, and we had Chael on. Chael's like, he's going to get in there. He's going to make it dirty. Pulling on the head. Off the they were getting clinches and he was going like this. Oh my God, this is your, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you playing by the rules right now? I loved it. I thought every, I thought everything he did was incredible. The only thing I didn't like was the um, the production of the promotion itself. I well, thought I mean, it was a fucking party. Yeah, that, that was we don't have to rehash it, but that was awful. But as far as all the other stuff, 
I loved it, man. I don't know why everyone's hating on the guy. He went and picked a fight with a tough guy. He was the underdog. He put it all out there. No, he was the – well, in the betting, he was the favorite. But I'm just saying, you kind of the underdog go, hey, I'm, I'm going to go fight a UFC right. fighter who is a right. one after belt. It's like, mm. Well, you know what it was, too? I think a lot of us overlooked the hip surgery and overlooked the year-and-a-half retirement, and we were like, it's Ben fucking Askren. On his worst day, he commits a homicide, like he said. On but, J- why would you, but why would you think that? If it was MMA, yes, but it's not like Ben was out there lighting people up on his feet. Um, his uh, no, that, that's what I'm saying. Everyone probably had this same thought, that process that me and Dennis had. Like, he's Ben Askren. He's gonna, he, he can't Just lose to Jake Paul in anything. Tougher yeah. and more durable, has more gas tank. Like, Jake will get tired from throwing so many punches at Ben's head. They're just like, God, God. Like, I'm telling you, man, he's a good athlete. He's a tough. People do not want to admit that those two brothers are tough guys. They are. You well, would have hung out with him in high school. You would have made dumb videos with him. You would have been right next to him. Tell me I'm wrong. I always thought it about Logan. And I thought, oh, this guy is an athlete. I've seen the video of him training with Paulo Costa. I've seen him box. I've seen him move around. Okay, this guy. The other one I was never – I'm still not completely sold on. Yeah. I think it's, it is – he does have some skill. He is training really hard, but he's picking the perfect opponents to look like, yeah. a, to look like a superstar in front well, of the which, world. Which is what you would do with three fights, right? I mean – yeah. Like the expectation of him is to do what, but he's even said that he's like, hey, don't give me a champion. I'm, I'm not ready for that. But yeah. give me some tough guys who want to come fight and I'll test myself. Yeah. But it's just what it is, is people now are like, no, no, no. You put him in Conor McGregor or you put him in like, give him a real striker. Think- that's what a lot of younger people, some of his following, that's their. I asked one of my nephews. <laughs> They're mad. Everyone's mad. Put him against put him against someone who's going to kill him, which is what they were saying. We just want to see this guy get hurt. <laughs> no, but he I, didn't do that though, right? Yeah, I just want to see him box. I would love to see him get like a uh, an opponent who's going to hit him back, if you will. Doc, what's a real opponent for him? What makes sense? What will sell? What? Who's the perfect guy? You I think? think it almost doesn't matter. There was something before the fight. For me, it was different. Jake Paul on his own, there wasn't much there. Something about that Olympian and Jake Paul, that dynamic in that press conference and Ben's ability to go on Logan Paul's podcast and talk about there was the chemistry with those two, right? Yeah. That made the difference. And I think before, standing alone would have been very difficult. I don't think another opponent would have generated that amount of interest. But the fact that it was Ben Askren, I just think personality-wise it works so well. Ben is so well-spoken. He was so articulate. You believed him when he said it. Here's what I'm going to do to him. Here's what, You believed everything. It was just his perfect combination. Can they recreate that again? It's not that there was some brilliant marketing plan with it. There was no brilliant production. They threw a ton of money at it and had a bunch of guys up there rapping and dancing. That wasn't it. So can that be recreated? I don't know. That's the magic that promoters hope to get, and all of a sudden this thing goes boom. But doing that night after night, say like the UFC has to do, it's a whole different thing. It's kind of the equivalent. I don't, this isn't exactly fair, but winning the lottery is a great way to retire, but it's an awful retirement strategy, right? Right. 
So something about this fight was a fantastic way to launching. Does this extend to success in the future? I don't know. I think that's yet to be seen. He will at least have one or two more that people care about just because this one was so big. Yeah. Well, all, everybody he called out after his initial, when he beat uh, Nate Robinson, were all guys that had mouths on him. Conor McGregor, um, Askren, and then uh, who's the other jiu-jitsu guy? Dylan. Dylan Danis. Yeah. You know, he he picked everybody that would interact with him and really get this thing going up. Now, so I was speaking with the, uh, you know, Cliff from G Fuel, right? Sure. So the way, so I was asking, I had questions for him, so I'm training him, and he was telling me a lot of the the way the Paul brothers, like, kind of came up and became this huge, like, YouTube empire was either working with other big YouTubers or starting, like, little wars with Mm. other big YouTubers. Either way, it's like this, but they were, I think they were more on the war side than the... Uh, collab side, you know. So this, this like creating enemies to them wasn't new territory. No, those guys are not shy of picking a fight with somebody. That's for yeah. sure. They have no problem with calling someone out or any of that stuff. But they're promoters. They're marketers. That's what they do. They're not cooler than these. They're richer though, so does it matter? Well, I had I had an idea, Doc. That maybe we'll we'll visit one day once I drop a few more pounds. I told Menace we should just start calling out other podcasts and be like, meet us at Submission Underground, or are you scared? And then Chael will get some, you know. This is your growth strategy for the podcast. Yeah, and if you look at it on paper, who could fuck – literally, like I'm a sleeper. Menace is a UFC fighter. We could probably fuck up a lot of really good podcasts. People wouldn't even know it's coming. They wouldn't even know it's coming. They'd be like, oh, little Dennis and his fat friend. And then all of a sudden, when I'm on their neck, as Dennis is twisting their arm, they'll be like, holy shit, what just happened? I like it. I like it. Yeah. How much yeah, we got to get Matt, Sarah, and, and, and what's that, Norton? Yeah, we could challenge. So even that. Like, what'd you say? What'd you say? Uh, Schaub and his. If we do Matt, Sarah, and Norton, obviously we're not going for Matt, Sarah. We're going to try to get right. Jim Norton alone. And then, you know, when we get the tag team action, same thing with Brendan Schaub, Brian Matt, Callen. Sarah is still a handful today. Oh yeah, like, we're gonna. Yes. Awful. Oh my god, awful. I'm gonna throw like we'll, we'll figure it out. We're gonna both like I'm, if I tag Menace, we'll just bull rush Matt Sarah into Jim Norton and be like, "That's a tag." Jim Norton's in, and then we'll make Jim Norton come in, and then we have a whole game plan. We have it all worked out. But you think you can get Matt Sarah going backwards, huh? Um, me hand stands in his own head. I'm like, no chance. Me, but, me, okay. and, me and Menace. I said. I said when I uh, tag Menace I tag and we Menace, both. Yeah. We both grab okay. him. Yeah, we both grab him. I didn't yeah, say I sure. would do it. I said both of us. Menace and the man. Yeah. But, All right. I like yeah. it. Doc, uh, did you check out PJ Barch? I have not, no, but I will. Okay. Okay, this is done. And even that, Doc, your you know, your former uh client, Menace, is now getting into the grappling game. What do you think of this? He wants to go submission I underground. He's doing I nagas. He wants to do tag team or what do you want to do? What's your plan? Oh, well, yeah, submission underground. Yeah, for submission underground tag team, I just need a moving good. You know, once I start tapping people everywhere and everyone, they're like, all right, then we'll. I think he's, he's being humble. I think Menace wants like a jiu-jitsu world championship. Yeah, he, I think I can do it. Yeah, I think. Wait, he, especially he, with he, the point he, system. Yeah. 
With the point system, I think no, uh, for sure I can become world champion. Are you training jujitsu now? Yeah. I go uh, like uh, two or three times a, a week. Um, you want to be world champion? You're only going twice a week? Bruh. <laughs> like that, Bruh. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Well, the it, thing is, is, is no one ever said I want to be the best. I'm going twice a week. Masters division. No Ma- Masters division. Hang on. Uh, well, that that's that's been actually my real struggle is uh, is finding the time. I just need to grab guys and, and just get like just drill and rep and rep. But I know I have to do that, so I got to start trying to get in to the like the classes before they start with a guy that's pretty good and just start drilling and drilling and drilling, you know, I know what I have to do. It's really interesting how much grappling has changed in the past five years. Yeah. Just so it's just a different sport. We've had some pretty well-known black belts for submission underground say, Hey, don't put me against one of these new jujitsu guys. Really? I've had two people say that to me. Yeah. Like the stuff that Craig Jones does or, um, Kyle Chambers, he trains at 10th Planet down here. He's going to fight for uh, Mason Fowler. He'll fight for the Submission Underground belt in two weeks, three weeks. He's a different kind of Craig Jones. The stuff is just weird. If you've never seen it, it's weird. When Menace was first running through his brain looking for a partner, I was like, what are you doing? Get Craig Jones. And then do do to Craig Jones what he did to Nicky Rod and just be like, just let him do all the work. Just let, let him start, you know, and then just hold I'm on sure to the we, I'm not sure we want that to happen again. Well, this we time, do, we, Craig's going to grapple. We compete when they come grapple for submission underground. Well, imagine this. Craig is actually going to grapple this time, and Menace is going to be his charismatic self, just entertaining, waving to the camera, holding on to the rope, reaching oh, for him. I got to get in there. Why don't we save a plane ticket then? We can put a picture of you in the corner. Okay. I think Craig Jones could handle it. Shut up, Stan. Shut up. I'm a killer. I'm getting in there. But Menace is going to do some tag team jiu-jitsu hopefully one day once he finds the right uh... – I would like to see it. I would love to have you come compete. I think you do real well. When is the... you to train. People are starting to train tag team grappling now. It's different. When yeah, it... I'm trying to think of how to do it. I got to get you know three other guys and get a three-foot rope, right? Well, you just have discipline and stay in the corner. Go get in the cage. And go grapple for 20 minutes. See what happens. Yeah, you can start training for it. I'd imagine yeah. some, some of these teams are now training for it. You'll figure some stuff out, that's for sure. Right. We'll figure it out pretty quick. So, Doc, when's the next one? The next submission underground is May 23rd. It's Sunday. They're always on Sunday. They always start at 6 p.m. on your time, 3 p.m. on the West Coast. And we have basically one event that goes through December. So once a month, I think we're dark on either September, October, but we run them every month now. All right. So May 23rd, do we have a big uh, main event going for this one? Yeah, we have Kyle Chambers versus uh, our champion, who's Mason Fowler. Mason took a different approach, which is pretty interesting. He doesn't play that kind of new weird jujitsu game. He's real strong. He pushes the pace. Really good on the back, so he does well in those situations. A strong body triangle and uh, rear naked choke or neck crank. I think it kind of can be both. But he's he's doing really well. Stan, you didn't see Mason Fowler's like thing? He like 
he narrates his matches. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So this guy came out and like, caught me. I was like, ah, oh, shit. No, nah, get up. Yeah. Off. Before this next one, <laughs> we definitely need to get Mason on the show before this next one. He's a fan of Menace and the Man. But even um, when he beat Craig, I was like, wow, I can't believe this guy just came in. And- hey, he did it twice. You could yeah. say once was lucky or a fluke, but he went back and did it again and had no issue with it. And I think like, he just. He's so only- solid with driving his knee through his basics. He really good. He finished um, Boogie from 10th Planet and Oceanside in the in the last event. Um, he finished out with the Kimura in regulation time. And I think technically he's still a brown belt, right? I have no idea. I just assume he's a black belt. I think he's a brown belt still, too. Could we give him his belt now or no? I mean, yeah. <sighs> Whoever his coach is, he's probably long overdue. Once you beat Craig Jones, I would be like, it's in the mail. You know, I'll, I'll give it to you tomorrow. I'll give it to you tomorrow. Sorry I wasn't there. Hey, let me put an extra stripe on it for you. Here you go. Good job. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Not that it matters too much. I and mean, we never came from that as in a wrestling community. There's no belts. The funniest I thing with that, too, is Menace. That was another instance where Craig Jones took second place. He could not be the Submission Underground champion. He lost. So he's the second best in Submission Underground. Doc, but, will well, Craig Jones versus Gabby Garcia ever happen? I can't imagine. No one wants to see that. What about Mike Japan? You got two guys right here who want to see it. What do you mean? You guys want to watch Freak Show matches do so yes! I'm not interested. That holds zero interest for me. I don't like the Freak Shows. When we had Craig on and we were talking about it, Menace started hitting up Chael and was like, Chael, would you put this fight on? <laughs> he just and laughed at it. He just laughed at it. He hit the laugh emoji on it. That's a no. I know what it was. Who wants freak shows? I just like, you really want to be freak show guy? Like, I'm into freak shows. I like the weird stuff. You don't want to be that guy. Well, Nothing even good to that guy. Yeah, it's just funny. And Craig Jones said a funny thing. He was like, he wants to go down as the guy who, when you Google him, he has one MMA fight and it's against a girl. Like, that's what he wants his career to culminate into. One MMA fight versus a girl. Okay. Hey, to each their own. Yeah, high hopes. Yeah. Well, he's a little weird, right? Bro. And then another thing, Menace, that we missed, and Doc, I'm sure you've seen it, Chris Weidman. Man, how rough was that? That was a, apart from being an awful injury in every way that an injury could be awful, the irony of that happening was, I know. it's almost too much to wrap your head around. Yeah, it's insane. And then even that Uriah Hall just retired or just got, his last fight was Anderson. That makes it even weirder, doesn't it? Yeah. Hang on, Stan, I started going to a little loophole. I was like, how old was that without Anderson? He was 38, why was 36? And I like looked at what month it happened. Different months, I was like, ah. Oh. You were oh, hoping was, for everything to last same day. Yeah, same, I wanted it. The moon cycles at the same, same day. Yeah. I think we covered enough bases with it, though. What an awful injury. What uh, is – does he hang it up after that? That's like a one-year, like, recovery minimum, no? I think that – I actually talked to Ray Longo after just to check up and, hey, how's everything going? I think he said – Please don't quote me. I think he said they thought it was going to be like six weeks, and then it was like, no, it's going to be six months. So I think there Before was – Before he even start like putting – like working out on it, right? I don't know. I mean, how much – how long, much extra time does it take for that bone to fully heal? 
you know, all, is it a lot more? I have no idea. I don't know about that type of thing. But well, there's a metal head. rod through his stance, the fibula or tibula? Tibia. Tibia. Yeah. I like tibula. Tibula. That's when you mash them both together, yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, who was it? Brangelina. It's the same thing. Yeah. Angelina Jolie joke for you guys. Yeah, I got it. People do Thank it all the you. time. People do it all the time with my name and they mash it together with people. Like do my- you and Dennis have a single name? I mean, what would it be? Denley or Stennis? No, well, but- me and my younger brother are Janice. My dad, like, Gene Janice. <laughs> well, whose name goes first? I feel like that's kind of a more honored position. Well, would it be Stennis or would it be Denley? Yeah, Denley sounds way better, dude. <laughs> Dennis? I don't care. I would give it to him. Just be like, here, Dennis, take that. Just You could have this one. Well, I mean, the show is Menace and the Man, so it would be Dennis. Yeah, like something. Uh, I don't know how Chael is, Ryan, but something Menace always says, this show wouldn't exist without me. He'll always <laughs> throw that one in my face. Stan <laughs> was like, what do you mean? I'm like... You, I'm like you. You'd only get Michael Johnson to fill my shoes. That's it. I can get any other man to be the man. You're not supposed to say it, Dennis. You're not supposed to come out loud and say it. It should be implied. Yeah, you know how he is, Doc. He says it all the time. Yeah, I gotta kill him. Let someone uh, else. You. Yes. So with the metal rod in his leg, he might be like a cyborg, where his kicks might fucking hurt twice as much. Hmm. I went that route. Maybe I expect we'll see him in there again. I think he'll hear heal up. Yeah, I, yeah. I think he's. I think. I think he's one of those guys that um, probably is making too much money to be like. Yeah, I feel like I've had enough. You know what I mean? Like, so sure. he's we, riding that one out until we, they're like, "Hey, Buzz." We just- can't ask Anderson because he doesn't really speak English or claims he doesn't speak English, according to Chael, and then. We could we could probably ask Tyrone how it is kicking after a broken leg because for me I have a different surgery I have the plates I it it hurts so bad to kick with my broken leg so I but does Chris Weidman need to kick was you that- can adapt a game right what if you're in a fight and you break your hand you can you have to be able to adapt I gotta think that if kicking's off the table for him he can still go do real well well he can still kick with the other leg. Push kicks. Do you know what really sucked about that too? Is the fight before that you saw Anthony Smith fuck up Jimmy Crute with the with the calf kick. So Wyman definitely came out and was like, "Oh, I got a really good calf kick. I'm going to work this thing on Uriah Hall. He's going to be feeling this one." Bam. And then yeah. uh, I saw Wyman said he at first he didn't realize he broke it. He kicked him and he was like in his head he was having like that slow motion moment. He was like, "Man, that must have hurt him." Like, I kicked him really hard. That had to have hurt him. And then he said he planted his foot and realized his foot was fucked up and then was like, what? You know, lost his balance, fell over. Yeah, I didn't actually see it. My daughter saw a clip on social media. And she's not a fight fan, which tells you just how the reach that that must have gotten. But she goes, yeah, I was looking at the wrong guy. I said, oh, what's the big deal? Then she watched it again and she saw, oh, oh. I think her quote was, Daddy, I can't unsee that. <laughs> so, And now, Doc, you know Uriah a little bit, right? Uriah Hall? Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like from interviews, and I don't know him personally, but what I've always seen from him, that's a type of injury or something that would make him almost be like, all right, I'm done. 
I'm good on this. I don't need to fight. Like, that's some fucking crit, you know? He seems like he almost... He hurts people. He doesn't want to hurt people. He seems like that type of guy. No, fight. he's a kind person. He does not have a mean spirit or a mean heart. That's yeah. That's never been the sense that I've got from him. Yeah. But so- there, there's an element of disconnection that you have to have, and I'm sure at this point in his career he's learned that, right? If he knocks in on the ultimate fighter and it's scary and awful, and who wants to who wants to hurt somebody? That's terrible. But you know, as you progress and go through your, through your career, you ha- kind of have to – and some level makes them peace with that. That hey, my job is to go out there and hurt this guy, you know? Yeah. If you're gonna keep doing it, you kinda have to be I understand what the game is and I'm okay with it. Like even, so I think they'll be back too. But I, they're both young guys in the sport. Oh, they're both up there. And even I saw people were giving Weidman shit saying, Oh, you this is car people were actually saying <laughs> this is karma because you celebrated when you did it to Anderson. And then Weidman had to like come to his own defense and be like, I didn't – I celebrated initially thinking he hurt his leg on a check kick. Then when I realized he broke his leg, I was like, oh my god, help him. And then Weidman said like I, I made the security move so his corner could come in so he could have like familiar faces around him and shit. Like, the inter- hey, what Weidman doesn't hey, – he, he's done enough with his life personally and professionally. He doesn't have to tell anyone who he is or yeah. to explain thing yeah yeah Wyman was having to defend himself because people were like you kind of people oh, totally unnecessary insane insane yeah, but totally unnecessary the internet's a bunch of murderers shout out to chris Wyman. hopefully he uh has a speedy recovery and is able to make it back because he said he's coming back so i hope he's able to make I believe it yeah he's a strong guy he'll find a way back no doubt as far as meanness on the internet we're, we're far enough along in life that you realize that that's gonna happen you're gonna pay attention to it or not you get to choose. Oh, for sure. Um, did you see Thug Rose beating uh, Whaley? Whaley. Did I think did I think that was going to happen? I, I don't really know. I'm not sure I gave a whole lot of thought. But she competes so well. She's got a fantastic training camp. They're doing amazing things in Colorado there. So she's got a great camp. Solid performer, deals well with pressure. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised with how because Chael pointed out the common uh, opponent mm. in uh, Joanna Champion. Yeah, and Thug Rose putting her away not once but twice, and Wei Ling, you know, having a battle. So yeah, Rose can fight, no doubt about it. But she handles pressure really weird, right? She walked away from the belt before because she's like, I don't know if I can handle this championship life like she took a break from the sport for a minute, yeah, and was like, I'm good for the time being. I guess the question is what's harder for her? Is it the pressure and stress of competition or the pressure and stress of the media and the you know, that element of, of becoming champion? Oh. He didn't seem to have any issue walking into a cage and performing under pressure. Right. There's some people who just the social side of it, it's like, hey, Matt, I don't really like this part of it. There's a lot of actors, a lot of performers who are like that. You put a camera in front of their face and they're totally natural and good, but, you know, other areas in public, they would struggle. Yeah. And she, that, I don't know. It's the case. I don't really know her personally. You know, I say hello to her and Pat, but I've never spent any time with them. Um, but you know that that's could be an element that was worse than the fighting. Because how old is she, Stan? Rose, she might be thirty-one now. Because because women also they like age slower than men in terms of competition, right? Yeah. How much damage has she taken in her career? If you have a 
Um, 28. She's still young. I can't believe she's still only 28. I feel like she's been around for so long now. I also feel like Pat Berry, her he's husband? Old. He's old, yeah. And that's like a little, that's like creepy. Um, I think he got her when she was like 20. Okay. How old is he though? Like 30? Um, no, he's he's like 40 probably. Oh, no, when he met her then, if he's 40-ish now. He's 41, so he's 13 years older than her. Doc, what are your thoughts on this? This is wild. Who am I to question love, Dennis? There's a lot of ways yeah, I guess to you're right. work. Right. Hey, they, they get along great. They travel together. Did I, you see the video of her? Like, she puts a boxing glove on, just fucking, he's sleeping. She just fucking crushes him. Yeah. I mean, how many guys want to put up with that? Yeah. I'm trying to think if Rachel came and socked me in the face while I was sleeping. I don't think I'd like it. Yeah, but if you knew she was a fighter and this is things you guys do, kind of. I like while you guys are dating, she was doing that stuff. You know, I'm well, sure. This like, is my point, though. Maybe they're the perfect couple for one another. Yeah. I'm trying to see what else we missed, Menace. Ooh, one great thing was Connor. You see, he donated to a charity, but it wasn't Dustin Poirier's charity. Well played on Connor's part. Everybody wins. Connor gets to preserve his ego. The city of Lafayette, Louisiana gets a half million dollars for the kids. Dustin Poirier was cool with it. All is well. It has to still be a thing, though. Dustin Poirier definitely went hard. When he read that, he definitely went harder on the treadmill or fucking threw some harder punches. Like, you motherfucker. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck you up in July. Watch. How does that rematch go, Doc? What'd you say, Doc? You think he took it personal? Yeah. I don't. I took it, per- I took it personal for him. Because I was okay. like, wow, really? I thought he was pretty cool about it. He was like, hey, man, all is well here. Yeah, because we I have a million dollars to go improve this city for the youth. I'm good. Yeah, because I think he's like the nicest guy, Poirier. He seems like yeah. a really mellow, you know, cool guy. But once you're on that, I think Connor's on that side of his. He's obviously riding high now because he won the last fight. He's like, say whatever you want, Connor. I have that that highlight of what I did to you last time. Pretty but. interesting, though, that, did, that he chose a fight with Connor over a title fight. If you beat him again, the title fight's coming either way, so and you're going to be rich. But you go back to how many guys worked their whole life to be world champion. He had the opportunity. Like, who would actually take that? What did you, Menace, what would you choose? You want a championship shot or a bigger payday? Who was who's hang on. The championship shot would have been against uh Chandler. Maybe Peace was like, I don't know if I want I don't know if I can beat him. If I know, if I know I can definitely beat someone and make a ton of money or potentially get a world title and it's, it's gonna be close. Question. Yeah. I'm going after the, the money and then I'll shoot over to the title. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a solid I mean it's it's what he chose to do. It's interesting. Have uh, things changed that much? Connor's really good at making adjustments. I mean, it's and a fascinating. You could argue this both ways. I'd have to ask someone who's one and one against someone. You know, like, do you feel like you need the two to one? Maybe that's in Poirier's head. Like, no, no, no. I want to put this to bed. Uh, let me lay Connor out again and be done with this. My guess is it's more pragmatic. I think he went 
how much am I going to make here? How much am I going to make well, here? Well, that too. We don't know what Poirier made on the last fight. He could be like, wait, we, we could run that back and it might be a little bit more. Let's do that one versus champ. Hey, things change, right? Because the championship, it's a worthy um, it's a worthy goal, right? I am world champion. It's cool. But he's a little bit older now. He's got kids and a whole bunch of money over the championship may make more sense for him right now. Yeah. Like the older you get, maybe does the belt mean less than the money and security when you've lived this crazy life and you put everything on the line for years with zero promise of anything. You can now get to go put another million dollars in your bank account. Yeah. As a father. Four-year-old to 28-year-old menace would be like, I want the title. I don't fuck the money. I want the title. Sure. After like 29, 30, I'm like, well, I do like things. I have kids. Your priorities change as you, yeah. as you age, right? It's just a natural part of progression of life. So who knows? Was that something that had to do with it? But you, I mean, you, you hit on the head. If he goes and beats Connor again, for sure he has the title shot. And, right. and he's there. He just took a little bit extra risk for himself. And Menace, same thing like you said with, I guess Connor handled that last loss to Poirier pretty well. And he he's always handled his losses pretty well like for the first couple of weeks. Then he starts saying excuses and stuff. But I feel like same thing with Masvidal. That Connor star is dwindling. If Poirier knocks him the fuck out again, go do the Nate rematch, and then we don't really care what you do anymore, Connor. You're not that same. You know, you're not walking on board. I I get what you're saying, Stan, but I think Doc's going to have a different say on it. Well, I mean, it, it, I think he's one of those guys. Well, no, no, no. That- it's happened in boxing I've seen since I was a kid. It's starting. I'm starting to see it in MMA where the end – we saw it with Anderson Silva, Rashad. A lot of the end of guys' careers wind up being, you know, like they were 30 and 5, but then they finished their career 32 and 15. You know, they went like 2 and 10 at the end of their career, like – a lot of guys' careers wind up being like that at the end. That's just how this – Chael was asked how will you uh, retire, and I loved his response, which was face down, unconscious, and embarrassed. <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty much how this sport goes. How long do you want to stick around for? Maybe you have the discipline to hop out early, but that's coming. That is F- one of the most accurate statements that I can say depicts yeah. what I've seen happen to fighters in their careers. Yeah, and but maybe if you go to entertainment road, right? You have this newness. We always want what's the newest, best model. No one cares about who's Olympic champion in 2016. They just don't. We'll care a lot who's Olympic champion in a couple months here, but then we'll forget about them and move on to who's ever next. Yeah. And the guys who can separate, if you can separate your, if Connor can separate who he is in the public from who he is in private, then it doesn't matter. The guys who, who really run into trouble are the ones who can't separate their public persona from their private one. Those are the ones who become cokeheads and drunks. It just happens when you're done. You bought into your own, this is who I am, this is what I am about. It's the most dangerous thing in the world. Like if a pro wrestler does it, or anybody for that matter, you lose everything. Oh, if you're cool with it, there's a documentary on Macho... Man, Randy Savage. It was. No. I wanted to see this past Sunday. Fuck, on like Wait, Lifetime or something. On, on Randy Savage or Macho Camacho? Randy Savage? Macho Camacho, sorry. No. 
Ooh, yeah, brother. Randy Randy. Savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I thought you were talking about there is a really good documentary out there on Hector Macho Camacho. No, not him. The Puerto Rican fighter. uh, Yeah, the guy who did it better than anyone is Chael. Yeah. Chael played this, and it was part of his personality, right? But he, this is the role. This is how I'm going to insert myself so I'm relevant in these conversations, and here's what I'm going to do. But he was really, really good at never bringing that anywhere other than the cage in that promotion at night. Didn't bring it home with him. Well, None of that stuff happened. The greatest thing is that Vanderlei couldn't, you know, what's the word, differentiate the two. Chael was like, no, 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 like I'm building up the fight, like we're good. Vanderlei was like, no, 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 talk more now, you know, like went fucking mental, (laughs) wanted to kill him. And he was like, listen, I'm just joking with you. I'm building up the fight, like relax. But, you know, Vanderlei, out of those situations, is nothing like that. Yeah. He's not a menacing, intimidating guy at all. He's super, super friendly and nice. If you ever met Vanderlei Silva, the exact opposite of that maniac that you saw in a cage or the pride ring is there. He's just, that's just not him. And then yeah, one, that guy, one of my favorites, too, I like to go down the rabbit hole sometimes when I need a good laugh. I'll watch like Chael's moments with Tito. And you just watch. Well, how, those are all very real. How he just pu- pushes Tito's buttons with like just such like Tito's so worked up and he's like, I'm going to kill him. And he's saying all these things. And then Chael just comes out with like these little quips and you see Tito like, motherfucker. It's an unfair fight. Tito should never engage Chael in that way. Yeah. If you're going to go have that type of battle with Chael, man, you better pack a lunch and come prepare because you're just stepping into his world, what he's best at there. Yeah. Chael's very, very good. Tito is just not designed for that type of verbal warfare. Few people are. But, yeah. you know, the guy, yeah, the guys who can le- let who they are, their public persona, live independently of the rest of their lives are always fine. All the trouble comes in. We start to believe that what I've achieved or my title, it doesn't, I'm not just referring to an athlete or a fighter, anybody. I'm a doctor, so I must be this, or I'm a whatever. I was this. I was a cheerleader. I was a wrestler. I was. You get tied into that identity that you drag around with you, boy, life is going to get tough. You're able to let it go? I mean, go back to what Maserol said after losing. Yeah. Better man won tonight. It's over at that point. Oh, yeah. That, I, thought Biz, I thought Bisping does a good job at that, surprisingly enough. After Bisping beat Mayhem after Tough, we walked right by each other in the back. He stuck his hand out. He goes, we all good? I said, water under the bridge. It was over, right? Like, we had this build up. There was a resolution to it. As men, we'll shake hands and we move on with our lives. I like to hear that because that was probably like an untold story of MMA history right there because that's an infamous moment in Tough history when he squirted you with the water bottle. Or did he squirted you, right? No, not me. Or he squirted like he he was getting into it with you at one point. I remember. He picked a fight. He he stuck his head in the door one day as we were walking, and I did not want to be on television. I, I had just come from doing a movie in Boston, did that thing for Mayhem, flew on a flight. And next thing I realized, oh, I'm I'm on. I didn't like it. I wasn't wasn't interested. So then I got Michael Bisping angry at me. And I don't really know why. But, Michael, an angry Michael Bisping, he's pointing his finger at you. He's like, man, he pointed his finger at me hard and said, I can kick your ass and I can make, and I make more money than you do. 
So they pulled me aside in the confessional style interviews, you know, that they do and all at the producer. They, they said, Ryan, uh, Michael Bisping said that he could kick your ass and he makes more money than you do. What do you say to that? And I looked at the camera and said, well, I have no idea how much money Michael Bisping makes. And the whole room lost it. Every, everyone, the camera, everyone started laughing. And they said, well, no, no, no. Can, can, can he beat you up? I said, can he beat me up? Of course he can beat me up. That's Michael Bisping. He's a world-class fighter of 100%. I wouldn't win three seconds of that fight. And I went, okay. And it never made, <laughs> it never made it. But Bisping walked in one day. We're all sitting in our locker room. And he just pokes his head in the door and says, what's a chiropractor know about fighting? Something like this. <laughs> As if these two are related. And I hadn't been a chiropractor for years at that point, but this is what he said. And I sat back in the chair. I said, you know, I used to train a guy who almost killed you in the octagon and the whole place just erupted laugh, laugh. And he got, I think that's when he got mad at that point, but I got to spend time with him after he trained at rain and uh, we trained together a little bit at Ruka. Mike's a great guy, but he's just a guy who's really, really good at having this, whatever he puts out there. He's a really honest guy. He's going to say what he thinks. But he's never felt like a guy who's taken himself serious in that sense, right? Like, I'm the tough guy. I'm going to flex on everyone in the camera. Not at all. So again, super nice, hardworking guy. Comes in, coachable. Good dude. Yeah. We got to get, we gotta get uh, Mike on the show. We got to, you know, reminisce a little bit. Great stories. He's a fantastic storyteller. Anytime, Stan, anytime anything happened that got, like, like – physical or whatever, you would just see me just standing in the back, just <laughs> not even flinching. <laughs> it's like, listen, not my, I'm, no one's picking on me personally, so I'm not getting involved. And the, good, all my life. The, a good approach. the greatest thing about that is I've gone back and watched some things and you see like things escalate and you see Menace like just watch him stand there and, <laughs> and then you see one serial killer, Johnny Bedford, watching the side of like Bisping's head, like ready to fucking like blindside him. Like, yeah. who knows what was going through Johnny Bedford's head? But if he would have uncorked one of those blindsided shots, I don't know if Bisping. You know that Johnny Bedford was a tough guy in kindergarten. You just know it. Yeah, yeah. one of those. It just didn't matter. He's just that guy. Yeah. But did you see his bare knuckle uh, fight fights? Uh-huh. He was a champion for a little bit. He lost his last one. But go, go back and watch those menace. Anytime on Tough 14 that there no, was a I, fight I saw or something. It. Yeah, he was like Johnny Bedford's always right there. He's not trying to break it up. He's not doing anything. He just has his eyes glued on the other team's person who was starting something. And you see, like I know when someone's about to sucker punch somebody. I know when someone's about to hit somebody. That's what he looks like. He's about to lay Bisping the fuck out. Thankfully, uh, he's like a barracuda waiting. Yeah. Yeah, th- thankfully it never happened. But it was a really good, solid group of people on that. I liked it. Good oh, experience. we've talked about it. One of the best seasons ever of Tough, all the people that it produced. Even if you can say that the, it produced Usman as a coach, that was Usman's intro into MMA. Yeah, absolutely. It's I tell still- people I used to be a uh, reality TV star. Yeah. Hope that worked for you. It's a joke. And that, do, they, do, you, do you tell them? Do you say that? Hey, what show were you on? Do you lie? Do you say like I was on Love Island? No, I said the Ultimate Fighter. I'm on a reality TV show. Well, it is a reality TV show. It is, 
And that too, that reality TV show, Tough 14, is what brought together the menace in the dark. You guys had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of great years doing uh, Destiny. the fight world together, and now we're doing podcasts together. I love it. Well, it was great to talk to you guys. So yeah, I feel, like, I feel like you're almost like Uncle Doc. Like we call Chael Uncle Chael. You're almost like Uncle Doc. So Doc. I accept uh, it. Thank you very much. Thank I you. I accept the title. Thank doesn't you. Doesn't come off the tongue good. It doesn't come off the tongue. Doc. Doc. Doc comes off the tongue good. Doc comes off the tongue great, but I'll accept either one. You know what it is. Uncle Doc. <laughs> no, think of you know so how much wisdom this man's passed on to you. In your I life. know so much. I've learned equally as much from you, Dennis. And I need to get Ben on the show. I will take any excuse he gives me, whether it's. I didn't take him seriously. I wasn't able to run because of my hips. It's going to be, I got punched in the fucking face. He hit me I dead in the fucking face. I anything other than, yes, he's better than me. But we got to get him on the doctor. Hey, we'll see. Uh, Jake Paul will fight again. Let's see who it will be. Hopefully it's Dennis Bermudez. I'll go in there, Doc. Set it up. All right, Doc. Thank you for the time. We don't want to keep you all night. Menace, I don't want to keep you all night either. Pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Doc. Bye. Goodbye. Wow, he's, he just words things amazingly. Yeah, and you see he's a pro. He just gets right off. He's probably yeah, he's- always ending Chael's meetings and calls at the exact perfect time, and then Chael's probably like, that was good. That was perfect. Well, uh, he's in – Doc's in California. Chael's in Oregon. Yeah, I've seen it. They handle so Chael one time showed. Well, the internet's a crazy place where you could probably still do it. Yeah, no, Chael showed how they do it. Like one day on um, his like fucking maybe a YouTube video or his Instagram. I forget where I saw it, but they do shit virtually. Yeah, but yeah, that was Ryan Parsons from Bad Guy Inc. Chael's uh, producer. But let's wrap this up, man. It's episode one thirteen. I had a list of things that we were going to go over, and we pretty much hit everything with the doc. Can I uh, – there's no fight card this weekend, correct? There is a fight card this weekend. It was supposed to be um, Dillashaw versus Corey Sanhagen. But and then why that not happen? I think Dillashaw has a bad cut over his eye. <clears throat> so I, think, uh, I don't know if it's getting called off or postponed, but – so yeah. Uh, another thing too that I heard, and I was like, "Why did I not see this more intensely?" Yoel Romero versus Yoel failed the medical test. Yeah. Like, but just failed the medical. Like, how? I didn't get any information on it. I can look for it and try to send it to you, but I don't have it. I just saw that the fight's off and they got Rumble a replacement. Which I so was Joel out of the tournament? No, they said they're going to get him it back into it eventually. They got to just go through some medicals and stuff. But I like that. I like that. We talked about this. I didn't want Romero yes. and Johnson to fight right off the bat. Yes. Let them fight other people and then maybe meet in the finals, meet in the quarterfinals. Just yes. Let, let my brain see them in the Bellator cage and not look like UFC. Let it be against. Did we talk about Pettis getting beat up? No, we did not talk about Pettis losing. Chris Wade winning. Pettis, did he get beat up? I only watched. I only saw like some of the highlights, and I saw uh, that he, I saw that he lost, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I saw. I that- saw him. I saw him getting punched down to the ground in the field position, and just getting 
Okay. And like it could have been stopped. I saw him almost knock the guy out. I did see that too. But but I love how the PFL after his fight like take a picture of him beat up and like hashtag warrior like dude the other guy just won push him like hashtag I fucking won yeah yeah so something we didn't talk about was obviously we didn't touch on the PFL shout out to our boy Chris Wade pulling off the W moving on to the next round close to a million dollars hopefully Wade's one of those people that I'm sure if he won he's probably getting a boat. And you could jump on that boat. Put it all on Dodgecoin. Oh, he's gonna put it all on Dodgecoin. He, I think he's up like maybe like eighteen grand or something like that from Dodgecoin. Yeah, I could see that Dodgecoin's going up. Dodge, yeah. Dodgecoin to the moon. Um, and then wait, I got. We didn't talk about the at that UFC two sixty one Jake Paul and DC. Oh right. DC in a boxing ring would fucking work him. I think. Yeah, but then that's because Jake Paul. What did he fight at? Like, what was the so, way? One night. So, so where Ben Askren doesn't have that experience striking and is going to get into the clinch and be like break and then go like this. DC is going to hold the back of your head and he's hitting you before the referee tells you to break. You know, like that's right. Like, he's putting his hands on you. He knocked out Stipe, Stipe with, that. with that just a fucking an a, a overhook and a fucking a collar tie uppercut. Yeah, like clinch shovel punch. Yeah. Yeah, but they're two different weight classes. What do you like? Well, I'm, I'm talking about the streets, dog. Don't be talking shit to DC. DC is from Louisiana. People think he's this nice guy. I imagine DC has probably been in a street fight or two. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. DC gives me that vibe. So, I think DC would fuck him up. And I don't hate Jake Paul. I like Jake Paul. I like what he's doing. Bring eyes to the sport. But I wanted to build into where reality should happen to where, all right, Jake Paul's so bad. Jake Paul, he just gets fucking annihilated by someone who can really fight. Someone who can strike. With his hands. With his hands. And then people be like, oh, so what was that the whole time? And then you go, what do you mean? I've been telling you the whole time. It takes years of fighting and amateur fights to get to the level that you thought Jake Paul was at. Right. He picked Ben Askren. Ben Askren was the perfect opponent. Hip surgery. Sucks at striking. You know? Old. Old. Hasn't fucking retired. Yeah, retired. All that shit. But then the other thing, so they said maybe Kies is going to skip Colby. Nothing from Colby? I love, I love uh, Kiesa. I love Kiesa. Kiesa's a, a big fan of the show. Yeah. And That'd I, be awesome, I like the idea of, like, obviously Colby deserves it, but I like the idea of new fights. I want to see yeah. Usman versus Wonderboy. I want to see Usman versus yeah. Kiesa. But yeah. um, they they offered Nick Diaz, Kamzat, Chimaev. I did see that. Were you like? No, I, I, don't, I didn't want that fight at all. I don't like that fight for Nick. Why not? Um, after a layoff, I think Chimaev the the almost like the playbooks out, if you will. That style is yeah. Like, but hang on, hang on. Chimaev, you still don't really know how good he is. You got an idea, okay? But here, so and you want to be beating the best guy, beating everybody to get there. If you want Jorge Masvidal or either one of the Diaz brothers to have a shitty night. Give them a Chimaev or give them an Usman. Okay. 
How old is Nick? 37. Okay. Or 38. He's up there. He's on the end of his... He's done. He's got three fights max. Chiamayev, how old is he? Yeah, but I'm saying they could give... Um, Chimaev is, I think, it's a know. great marketing to get Chimaev... On the map. Like, bigger than he is. Yeah, but, yes. but they could also do... How about... Nick Diaz versus Carlos Condit or Nick Diaz versus Cerrone or Nick, Nick Diaz versus someone like that, you know, even fucking like a Court McGee or just give Nick Diaz just a fight. Just like you don't need to sacrifice him yet, if you will, because I think I'm not saying he loses to Chimaev, but that's he's the underdog in that fight simply because he hasn't fought in five years. I think... Because the whole reason he hasn't fought in five years is a problem with the, him in the UFC, no? Um, no. I mean, or was it the drug thing? I think it's he's been partying. He could have fought years ago. He's just been partying, choosing not to pay a fine, and partying. Right in Vegas. Everywhere. I heard Nick. Diaz, everywhere. I heard Nick Diaz is drinking, maybe popping Molly, smoking endless weed. Bro, he's ripped right now. But he's still fucking... That doesn't mean he doesn't train like a madman. Hopefully these are just rumors. But I, I've seen him with drinks and shit. But I support partying. Especially if he can go out well, and fight and win fights. But So Nick uh, Diaz, he is coming back according to Dana White. According to Nick Diaz's manager, it will not be against Kamzat Com- Chimaev. Okay. But yeah, I like it against him. But yeah, this was a great episode. We could also talk about you saw Craig Jones had a bad reaction to the COVID vaccine. Yeah. That's fucking yeah, like water in his belly or some shit, right? Well, the greatest thing is somehow a story got given to InfoWars, Alex Jones. And he's pregnant? No. And it basically went fucking Alex Jones was like, UFC story, we got a UFC fighter, and basically what he had was swelling in his testicles and swelling in his abdomen. And his ovaries. Yeah, and then he had to, like, I guess someone probably fed him that story. Probably Craig Jones was like, oh, my balls were swelling. My nuts swelled, you know? Yeah. So this And he's like, sorry, not a UFC fighter, but number three best. UFC fighter. He is, he's not a UFC fighter, but he is a UFC fighter, you know? That's what yeah. he said. Yeah. But yeah, shout out Craig Jones. Hopefully you got some good health going on. And then what was the other one? There was what other one? Oh, Woodley. Woodley. Your boy Woodley and Jay Leon Love have been going back and forth. And Woodley wants the Jake Paul fight. So how about Woodley for Jake Paul next? I would love that. I think Jake Paul beats Woodley. Jake Paul beats Woodley. Or, or, I think... No, no, no. I think Woodley... It's one of those. That's another one that I'm not like sold. Woodley has a big overhand right. Woodley does not have footwork and that solid combinations. Woodley's a counterpuncher. So Woodley, what is Woodley going to do with Jake Paul, who's bigger than him, longer than him? If Jake Paul can box, he's just going to back Woodley up. Woodley's just going to load up a right hand and keep swinging at air. I don't want to say that. That's the sad reality of it when you actually look at it. I will. If Tyron Woolley ends up being the underdog somehow, I will throw not 300 but $100 on him. 
less on Woodley than you would on Ben. I can't believe that happened, Ben. I just he you know flatlined you know Ben. William flatlined. Oh, but we'll we'll end on this. I can't even. Ben's gonna ruin me. But on on the Trilla thing, one of the greatest things too was um, you saw Oscar De La Hoya was all fucked up. Yeah, that was amazing. Correct. I'm into that. They took him off after a while, right? Yeah, and now I don't know if he was high from smoking with Snoop Dogg. I don't know if he was doing cocaine. I don't know if he was drunk. But either way, I thought it was fucking hysterical. I was into it. And then, did he get an opponent? No, but I hear he might be trying to fight an MMA fighter. I don't know who he's fighting. Who's he? Oh, Ross Peter was like, I'll fight you. I was like, Ooh. I think there were somewhat preliminary serious talks about Eddie Alvarez being his opponent. Yes. One champion, but now Eddie Alvarez is saying no. So I don't know. But we'll see. Episode 113. Let's wrap this bitch up. Uh, well, see you later. Would you have something else to say? No. I, I feel like there's something. I forget. Well, we'll save it for next week. Uh,